Hey there, you're listening to the Dream Hustle Podcast with me, your host, Shana Rucker. This is the podcast where I share all the juicy details about how I build an online business and personal brand while raising a family of three teens, being a wife, feeding the dog, and somehow finding the time to get all the things done. Welcome to today's episode. Hey there, welcome to the Dream Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Shana Rucker. And today, you guys, I have a really interesting guest who reached out to me via email. Now, here's the thing. I get email requests all the time from podcast agencies who are pitching their guests to be on the Dream Hustle Podcast. And as much as I appreciate the asks, I do really protect my audience. And a lot of the times the requests that come in, the guests are just not a fit. But this particular gentleman had a totally different approach and how he asked if he could be on my podcast. So his name is Trevor Oldman and he reached out to me and here's a couple things that he did that really got my attention. One, he outlined uh, some some topics and talked about some of the things that I talked about in my podcast, which showed me he actually really listened to the content to see if it was a fit for him before he sent in his request. Two, he also has started a business. He also started multiple businesses right out of high school. He's only 23 years old, you guys, and wait till you hear all of the things that he has done. And third thing that he did is he gave the podcast a five-star review and he took a screenshot of it and sent it to me in the email. So if you want to get on someone's podcast, you guys take some notes from Trevor. That is the way to do it. I couldn't ignore it. We set up the podcast interview and this is what we're talking about today. All things starting as an entrepreneur at the, he started at the very young age of I think 18 because his company is called podcast you, and he actually helps to match guests to podcasts and he knows what he's doing. So we talk about podcasts. We talk about a lot of different things. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Let's chat with Trevor. All right, Trevor, welcome to the Dream Hustle podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today and share your story and all kinds of the good stuff. Thank you, Shanna. I'm excited to, uh, to speak with your audience today and, and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I said this in the intro, but I get lots of people requesting to, you know, have people on my podcast. Like I, on the daily, I'm getting people messaging me. And to be honest, I do find it overwhelming. Cause I'm always like, I don't like, I have to go through and look at everything, but yours was totally different. And I love that. And that it, it got my attention. The fact that you gave me a review and you shared that and you gave like actual things about my podcast that you, you know, obviously you checked it out. And I thought that was awesome. So this is why we are here today and why I chose you out of all of the other people who recommend. So good on you for that. So I would love for you to start your story because you, um, what you messaged me was that you had started a six figure business from your dorm room while you were doing courses and all the other things like no excuses. So I'd love for you to just start by sharing your story and what you do and, and how you got here. You know, I didn't wake up one day and, and have a six-figure business. It's It's been built probably pretty much over the last five years or so. <laughs> I was working a job making $7.03 an hour, and I realized that $7.03 an hour wasn't a lot of money, and that nice three cents came after a three-month raise. And at that time, I was a senior in high school, and I realized I just wanted more out of my life, but I'm just not sure what I wanted to do. And I came across a book, and it outlined the differences between the lower, middle, and upper class. And one of those differences between them was that the upper class had gone off and started the business. And I thought to myself, well, I've gone door-to-door lemonade selling, bought and sold baseball cards, basically anything I could go out there and to make money on my own. Never knew that it was called entrepreneurship, never really put a name to it. So I kind of just, you know, thought to myself, how can I go out there and start a business? You know, I don't have all this money to spend. I'm still a senior in high school. And I discovered a site called Alibaba and AliExpress. And for those of you who are listening who might not know, it allows you to import products directly from China. 
So I got my start on Alibaba, imported 50 phone cases for about $80, sold those on eBay, but quickly learned that if you buy name brand products from China, they might be knockoffs. So as the customers knew, I got those all sent back. But I got to say that year, they made absolutely great Christmas presents for my friends and family. And they, and they had no idea that they were knockoffs. But I knew the power of importing from China. So I found these bracelets and watches and being from the Cape Cod area, they were nautical themed. So I started a brand called Trevor James Products and really grew that from my dorm room as a freshman in college. I was able to reach out to these influencers that had a following of five to 10,000 followers. I would say, hey, can I send you my product? And in return, can you promote it? So it was basically the cost of the bracelet, which was about a dollar or two. And then the cost of shipping was probably three or four more dollars. So for about $5, I could have an influencer go out there and promote my bracelets. And something that really cool ended up happening with that company is I'm going to get butchered the name. It's either the bachelor or bachelorette. The winner, um, Cassie Randolph, who I believe is with Colton. She actually wore one of my products for free before she was on that show. And, and I was watching it and I was like, wait, I know that. I know the individual. I was like, where do I know this woman? Like, I've never met her before. And then I went back through that company and I no longer run it. But I was like, oh my God, that, that's super cool. She, she was wearing, you know, my product for free. And I didn't pay for it. And now, of course, she has, you know, millions of followers. But it's cool because my company was still out there. I just realized I wanted more out of it. So I went off and started a motivational based company called Become the Lion. And that company grew super quick. 600,000 followers in the first year. We had a blog, a podcast, courses, books, all that sort of thing. But what we quickly realized is that people love motivational content. They love to be pumped up. They'll like, share, and comment on it all day long. But when it comes to taking action and purchasing that course or that book, that's they, they kind of draw the line. And after about two years of that company, I just felt super burnt out. And I realized that I want to take a break on the sidelines. But I had I picked up these skills that I had learned, which consisted of editing podcasts, uh, booking guests for my own show at that time, writing blogs. So I just started freelancing, no idea where the next journey was going to take me. And I found that over time, I found that people wanted to get booked on podcasts. So I kind of just started freelancing, working with them. I found out that it's a lot quicker than necessarily writing a five to six hour blog post. It paid better. I enjoyed the process. So it sort of just morphed into this business, which I run today, which is called Podcasting You. And, and really in the first year, I did it myself. I never expected it to be a business. And then, and then now we're up to five employees. And it's, it sort of just morphed into this business where I, I never expected it. That's amazing. How old are you now? 23. 23. <laughs> so all of this has happened between like high school and 23. So like what, maybe five, six years top yep. kind of thing. That's crazy. And it's funny. So first of all, I want to circle back. What was the book that you read? I have a feeling I know what it is, but what was the book? I honestly, I don't remember the name of it. I remember. Robert I got Kiyosaki? Was it his, the, with the four quadrants? Cause that's what I, I was no, you don't remember? No, it was not. I know it was like 60 pages, which is, I know it's not, Robert. I know it's not. It might have been even like ghost written just looking back. I, I, I got to look at my bookshelf because I remember it was super thin and it was super, super basic. But it was just one of those books that like maybe had that first realization. Yeah. And it's funny though, like you get that inspiration to do something from, I said, you picked up a book, just wanted to learn. And then you got that inspirational thought. And then that led to this like whole, whole thing of, you know, where you are today, which I think is really cool. So the become a lion thing, you said that that brought you some burnout. So can you explain what that felt like for you? Because I think there's a lot of people who feel like in order to make money and, and be an entrepreneur means they have to work hard, which I do believe there's hard work in it. But what's the difference between like working hard for you and then when you get to that space of burnout where it's not really like good anymore? 
Yeah, I found that I was pretty much just sacrificing everything in my life. I would go to bed at 8 p.m., wake up at 4 a.m., work on the business, go to class, and then get out of class, go back to working on my business. Weekends, I wouldn't go out with my friends. I would just be working Saturday, Sunday, and just just putting in 50, 60 hours a week and time over time. And the business wasn't making, you know, as much money as I expected. And I was just spending all my time with this. And and it just got to a point after two years where I just woke up one day and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't, I'm just sacrificing so much with my friends and my family. And at the end of the day, I'm just not really enjoying this business. And that was one of the hardest things I had to decide was to end up leaving this company that I had built. And it's just not, you know, I just can't do this anymore. And I found that in my mind at that time, I thought it was a good decision. But what I found within a month is that I lost my lack of purpose. And that was one of the hardest things for me is when I didn't have that purpose, I went from getting up at 4am in the morning working to now I'm sleeping into bed, you know, you know, not getting out of bed until 10, 11 in the morning. I stopped reading books. I stopped listening to podcasts, stopped going to the gym. And, and so I just built up the cycle where I found that when I just didn't have a purpose anymore, it just it made it so hard for me to just really enjoy my life. Well, and I think that's something that's really important to talk about because I think there are people who a lot of times on an entrepreneurial space, you can feel that where you're grinding all the time, you're just not getting the results. And I think you need to create an awareness around that, like that awareness that you recognize, like, I'm just not feeling this anymore, that you have to use that as this is a time for a pivot, right? That that's a sign. And I've heard this before about people who who are in the nine to five, like that's what happened to me. I was kind of in the nine to five. I knew I was, I was doing it, but I wasn't loving it. And I knew there was something more, right? And so that's when I started, you know, my journey into entrepreneurship. But it's, it's having that awareness that if you're going to something every day and it's making you feel like that, like you just, I just don't want to do this anymore. You have to pick up on that awareness and be brave enough to make a shift and trust that it's telling you something. Like if that was telling you something, that that wasn't for you anymore. It got to the point where I knew it's like you sort of see this side of entrepreneurship where you get open, the, you, you see all these doors where it's, I can go out there, I can work for myself, I can make money on my own. I had, with my podcast at that time, I was able to interview some like super cool entrepreneurs like John Lee Dumas. And I got to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes picking his brain and getting these insights that the majority of people in, in today's society have, have no idea about. And then when I left, when I basically left that company, I was like, wow, I have to start from basically ground zero again. I can't go out there and get that job that I was making $7 and three cents an hour. And I think that's a that's what really crushed me is, is people don't talk about that enough, that, that side of entrepreneurship where once you see what's actually possible and when you can't achieve it, it hurts. It does hurt, but it's, but I think that that it's, it's not that you can't achieve it. It's just that what you were doing to try and achieve it wasn't the right path. And I always say, there's no wrong decisions. There's only decisions and a decision will lead you to something. And if that's something just at some point stops working for you, it's okay. That's still the right decision because it led you to the next place. Like obviously when that business closed down, it led you to this next thing. And this next thing led you to where you are today. And that's the beauty of it. Right. But some people feel like, Oh, I made the wrong decision. This doesn't work for me. Forget it. I'm going back to the nine to five. Like you've got to kind of follow your inspiration, which is what you did. It was like, this isn't working. Now I'm going to go over here and try this. So now you have a company called Podcasting You. So let's talk about what, because I have a couple questions I want to talk to you about podcasting because I'm sure you know all about the ins and outs of it. So tell us a little bit about what it does. Basically started as freelancing for clients in 2017. And I found that there's a need for individuals that want to go out there and get booked on podcasts and mm-hmm. go out there, share their story, but don't necessarily know how to do that. So I basically just went out there and created the business around it. Again, never expected it. Just was like, wow, like 
people are going to pay me to get money. More people want to do it. Maybe after the first year, I should go out there and build a website. So basically, that's exactly what our company does is we work with individuals to go out there and get them booked on podcasts. And we find the biggest thing is just people have that time constraint where they don't necessarily want to go out there and take that time where our company is able to go in and work with them and basically get them booked on podcasts without them having to go out there and do the outreach on their own. Which is, which is amazing. And so like, so here you are in university, you're taking classes, plus you're building this business on the side, like talk about no excuses. Cause they, I work with a lot of brand new entrepreneurs who come in and you know, I, I hear the excuses. I hear all the things that hold them back, the fears and the doubts. What makes you different? Like what was going on at that time for you that just said like, I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to try this. Like, did you have fears and hesitations or did you just like, just decide, I'm going to do this. And then you just started figuring it out. Like, how did that flow in for you? I think it was just something that just grew just over time. It wasn't like I have to absolutely make this work and my life is going to be over my, I just started small and just worked my way up to, to got to a point where I could go out there and felt comfortable enough to hire my first employee. It wasn't, I expected to go out there and start this massive company. I didn't have those expectations to go out there and start a six figure company in the first year. It It just sort of came over time. I think a lot of people going out there in entrepreneurship, they expect to go out there and they see, they go on Instagram, they see these successful people that quit their job and they expect to have that success in that first year. And it really, it took me probably a good five years as an entrepreneur to really get to that place where I felt successful. And it wasn't like something that just happened overnight. No, you bring up a really good point. Like even though these other businesses that you were doing necessarily aren't, wasn't the business that brought you the six figure, you know, thing, they were all part of your entrepreneurial journey because every single thing that happened in those businesses taught you something. And that's what allowed you to be able to go into this podcasting business and create it up to six figures because you had experience, you had knowledge, you had feedback from what you had been doing. And I think that's the biggest lesson for entrepreneurs who are listening to this right now, who are new coming into the space is that you have to give yourself enough time and space to learn and grow. Like I always say, failure is a good thing. Making mistakes are a good thing because those things teach you stuff. That's how you get your feedback and then you can learn and shift and pivot and all that kind of stuff. You can agree. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't imagine going out there and having to start a business and having to make it successful in six months where I really feel as though like if you're working a nine to five job to create the runway for yourself where you're working a few hours at night and a couple hours on the weekend where you feel comfortable so you don't necessarily have a gun to your head that if you don't succeed, everything's going to fail because you don't want that sort of pressure. And if you're going out there in our business, we work with clients, they can sense we have that sort of pressure for saying, hey, you know, let's renew our contract. When are you going to renew your contract? And and that sort of thing, they can sense that pressure where it's nice, where not having that sort of anxiety of having to succeed right then and there. Right. And I'm, I'm a true believer that your vibration, how you feel is what you attract. So when you're coming from that negative energy of, I have to, I must, you're actually repelling the things that you need from you, where you came into this going like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to, I'm following my gut. This is fun. I love this, which helped you attract in more of the good things that you needed to build your business. Right. So super important point. Now I have a couple of questions about podcasting. So the first thing is I want to ask you how important, cause I have a podcast obviously. I've been doing this for four years, I think now, and I love it. And I do find I have a lot of new connections that I I get through having a podcast. How important is it for entrepreneurs? Because I know that they think, oh, this is overwhelming. I got to create a podcast now. Like, oh my gosh, which I think podcasting is super easy and I love it. But how important is it for them to consider having a podcast for their business in order to help grow their business? I think it's something important to consider. And I think even going along with that, just the connections you make, and I can give an example 
when I had my own podcast at that time, I was able to interview Dan Locke, who's a successful entrepreneur. And it was super cool. I spoke with him for an hour. And then after the interview, he took 15 minutes with me and went over my business model and how I can improve it. Whereas if I went to Dan and I said, hey, Dan, can I pick your brain for an hour and 15 minutes? He's going to say no, where having a podcast gives you that opportunity to go out there and speak with individuals that are in your niche or Basically, it was the people that I looked up to. Like, I know an entrepreneur who I was super motivated to look up to was, was Mike Dillard. And I was always listening to his podcast. And I reached out to him and I told him my story. And it was super cool that I was able to go out there and interview him. But I know that if I never had that podcast, I, ne- I never would have connected with him. And I think anyone that thinks that starting a podcast is a lot of work. Yes, it is in the beginning. But I did everything on my own when I had that podcast. And I remember watching YouTube videos with Pat Flynn and he gives you a tutorial and outline on how to go out there, how to record your podcast, how to edit your podcast, how to upload it. And there's free resources out there and you're going to sound like an idiot in the beginning. I'm sure Shana, you can go back to your first episodes and realize that, you know, they're just, they're, they weren't the greatest thing in the world. It's just a place of starting. And once you overcome that place, it's going to become easier over time and you're going to become more conversational. And I would classify myself as an introvert. And there was times where I absolutely hated doing podcast interviews. I was like, oh my God, I hope the guest cancels. I hope they don't show up today. And over time I found that it's just, it's super fun. And it's just overcoming that nervousness and that learning curve. But I guarantee you that anyone that's out there that thinking about starting a podcast, once you step your foot in the door, you're going to absolutely love it. I agree a hundred percent. And I find actually, because I find a lot of my clients get really intimidated by showing up on live video because they have to show their face and do the things like podcasting. Like I do sometimes record video of me podcasting just so I can use that video in other places. But sometimes if I'm not feeling it or like the video is like distracting me, I just shut it off. And I just like literally will have a conversation when I do my own episodes in my microphone and just like share my heart. And it's so freeing and it feels so good to just get your messages out there. And you don't have to worry about people watching you live and what you look like and all of those things. It's, I don't know, I find it very satisfying. And it's true. I had the same thing happen. I had Dean Graziosi, who's like business partners with Tony Robbins. His people reached out to me because they found my podcast and they thought he'd be a good fit. And then before you know it, I'm doing a podcast interview with Dean Graziosi. Like that would never have happened if I hadn't had the podcast. I think there's so many opportunities that are out there when you have a podcast. Exactly. And think about it. You were able to go on and and pick his brain for 30, 45 minutes where that, that probably wouldn't have happened beforehand. No way. I would totally not have. And this is why I, I, for my clients, I encourage them to have a podcast. I created a podcast course too. It's just so I can show them exactly how to do it. You're right. The beginning stages are maybe a little tricky, just trying to figure everything out. But once you do it and you have a system in place, like we have a solid system here. It's like I record, my husband edits, my assistant does all the the notes and uploads and everything. And like, it's just bada boom, bada bing. And once you get into that flow, it's so much easier to, to like, to get your message and your stuff out there, which is, which is important. Okay. So here's a question for you. Now, we know podcasting is important. We just talked about that. Tell me the differences between for an entrepreneur who's using social media, who's using Instagram, who's using Facebook Live and all those things. What's the differences, would you say, between using social media to get your message out and using a podcast to get your message out? I find that with a podcast, you're just in someone's ear, whether they're driving, they're at the gym. And plus, it's going to be that one-to-one format where Shannon, you and I are talking today, your audience will go on and listen. And then it's just me and you that's talking where on social media, someone's going to go on Instagram, they're going to see your post, maybe they listen to it 10, 15 minutes, and then they scroll down to the next post. Same with Facebook, Twitter, where it's super easy to consume, where I feel as though a podcast, you're really just in someone's ear and you can explain your story a lot more. If I went off and tried to explain my story on social media, 
going on, putting just like a video on Instagram, you know, people are just going to scroll past it where I think the expectations with podcasts are people who want to listen to the entire interview or on social media. If you put a six minute video on Instagram, most people are just doing that to kill some time, just to browse, not necessarily to watch that full six minute video where I find the benefits with podcasts is people have that expectations that they want to listen to your full interview. They want to listen to that 30 minute clip. Yeah. And it's, yeah, they're, they're more committed to the content from a podcast than they are, I would say social media. I think that's a really good point. And I, I remember reading some stats around the actually average income of people who listen to podcasts versus the average income of people who are on Instagram. It's much higher for people who listen to podcasts. So for those of us who have courses and programs and coaching and things that we sell, obviously um, that's also a benefit as well. I was going to say most certainly, and you can think about it, you know, usually the people that are listening to podcasts, think about the podcasts that are out there. People are going out there to better themselves, where I find that social media people are more looking for the, <laughs> looking for the enjoyment where people podcasting, just listening to it, they want to better themselves. Like as an example, I listened to the Dave Ramsey show where he goes into money topics. So I'm going on Instagram. I'm not necessarily looking for money. To- I'm not in that state yeah. of mind where I find that people listening to podcasts might be a little bit more sophisticated and educated in that sense. I agree. I agree. Which is why coming back to, I think if you're an entrepreneur to invest your time and energy into creating a podcast, I think you're going to find, I don't want to say a better quality prospect, but really that's what we're saying. Right. And so you can find, and that's what I find with my um, dream hustle podcast is that I'm finding more and more people who are reaching out to me when I say, Oh, how did you find me? They'll say, Oh, I listened to your podcast. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. More and more people are coming through that channel than any of my other channels. And so I think that that's cool. Um, so what would you say? So you, so, so you don't have to have a podcast to work with you though, right? So you can just be somebody who has a message they want to share and can work with you and you can help them get on other people's podcasts. Correct? Yep, exactly. And we probably find that probably a 50, 50 split between the clients that come to us that do have a podcast and those that don't have a podcast. And then it's a little bit easier to book the clients that do have a podcast because we can do it a podcast interview swap, but it's not, we definitely work with those individuals who don't have a podcast. And we find that if we get a 50% conversion rate on the other clients, we get a 40% conversion rate on them. So we're still able to find that those are going to have success. So if I said, okay, Trevor, I want to be um, on some people's podcasts, what would you need from me to, in order to be able to sell me to some of these podcasts that I would like to be on? I think the biggest thing is what's your story? What is your bio? What do you have to share? What are your talking points? What are you an expert in? And then really just honing that down and then thinking to yourself, all right, this is what I'm an expert in. These are the sort of podcasts that I want to go out there. You can't just call yourself an entrepreneur. There's probably a hundred thousand entrepreneur podcasts. I could put, I could pitch you to an entrepreneur podcast that teaches you how to do a knitting business. That's not, that's considered an entrepreneur podcast. So it's really just honing in on that story and figuring out who do you want to speak to? As an example for myself, I like to go on entrepreneurship podcasts that have a focus on, on online business and marketing. And that's sort of my bread and butter where these sort of, if I was going on a podcast for brick and mortar, I probably wouldn't be that good because those just aren't my typical clientele. So it's really just honing in on that sort of audience that you're looking to speak to. That's probably the first step I would say. And do you guide your clients through that process of creating those things? What we do with them is we have them basically fill out a questionnaire that goes through what do they love to talk about? Who's their target audience? And then our team is able to go in turn and really think about how do we want to craft their pitch when we're sending these to these podcast hosts and making sure that it resonates with them. So it's really just doing a deep dive 
we tell our clients it's probably going to take an hour to really do this deep dive, but we wanted you to be honest with it because it's going to help our team pitch you better to host. It's going to allow our team to go out there and create a one sheet for yourself that hosts are going to resonate with. So it's really just taking that time to think about it and not just typing it up on the computer in five minutes and saying, okay, I'm going to go out there and use this story to pitch the podcast host. Cause I'm sure Shane, as you know, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of work that goes into a podcast. So why aren't you going to do a lot of work on your end when it comes to figuring out how you're going to craft your story and craft your pitch? Yeah. And I will say as somebody who gets pitched a lot for people like through LinkedIn and through email, there's people messaging me all the time asking if their guests can be on my podcast. And I said, you know, I find it overwhelming. And sometimes I just, I tend to ignore them because I'm, I don't have the time to necessarily read the whole thing. Like, what do you do differently to get, like, I know what you did with me, which was brilliant. <laughs> you got my attention for sure. Um, do you have those same sort of tactics that you use? Like, do you have, do you do things differently, I guess, than most podcast pitchers? I'd say yes. And it wasn't a process that was easy. It's a process that's pretty much been a three year long process to get to that place where I can tell you in the beginning, when we first started, we could copy and paste the pitch, change the host name, change the podcast name in the pitch, send it off get a 75% conversion rate. Now there's a lot more competition out there and we've had to change how we go out there. So what I found in the pitch is that one and the first part of the pitch and saying, going off right there and saying, can I be a guest on your podcast? I always like to, on my end, go out there, check out the podcast host, check out their podcast and make sure I listen to an episode, maybe not the entire episode, maybe five to 10 minutes and make sure that I'm going to resonate with it. I can't tell you how many times I thought a podcast would be good for myself. And then I listened to the intro and I listened to the interview and I'm like, wow, thank God. I feel like an idiot if I went out there and pitched well, them. I'm glad I made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So basically it's just starting off. It's giving them a compliment, letting them know that you actually listen to the episode and not giving a, a vague saying, I really enjoy your podcast where it's like, well, what do you actually enjoy about the podcast? Once I do that, I'll go into, I believe I made a reference with your pitch where you said, you know, you have a family with three kids and running a business. And I know on my end, well, I can resonate to that. Well, I don't, I don't have three kids on my end, but I took six classes a semester. So I would assume that we're, we are both super busy in our lives starting a business. And then I just like to give a topic where I can go off and talk on this one topic. I like to just make it one line or two saying, I can, I can provide value to your audience by touching on this topic. And then in the next line, I just go over my, my bio, my experience on why I'd be a good fit. And then I find that I always want to leave a review for this podcast as podcasters and hosts. That's sort of the gold standard when it comes to podcasting is, is getting good reviews. So I always like to make sure that I leave a review and then just send it off. And it's one of those things that honestly, it probably takes a good 10 to 15 minutes per pitch but I like to make it super personalized where let's say if I'm sending out 10 pitches, I'll probably get a yes from five of them yeah. where in the past I could send 10 and get a yes from one of them. It's just making it super personalized and actually taking that time to show the podcast host that you care. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's piqued my interest because I'm like, okay, well I would rather work with someone like you who was able to connect with me. And I was able, I was, I said, yes. Then to work with these other companies that keep coming in my inbox that have the same, like you say, kind of cut and paste pitch that I'm just, oh, I just don't have the headspace for this right now. And so it's definitely piqued my interest. And I'm sure that it's piquing some interest with people who are listening to the podcast today. And I'm super glad that I made the cut. <laughs> I still wanted to be on even after listening, which is great. So what would be the next steps for people if they wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to learn more about how they could be featured on podcasts, where should they go? Sure. So they can go on our website. So it's podcastingyou.com. So that's just podcasting and then Y-O-U. Or they can feel free to reach out to me at trevor at podcastingyou.com as well. What are some final tips, I think, when it comes to the importance, I guess, let's say, of podcasting as an entrepreneur? 
I think the biggest thing that we've seen is that no matter how successful you are, is you got to show the host that you care. And we found that if you start the podcast pitch off just saying, I'm experiencing this, so and so and so, no matter how good you are, that doesn't, that doesn't matter to the podcast host. You want to show the podcast host how it would resonate with their audience. And I think that's been the biggest thing. And I think that a lot of times people who want to go on podcasts, they think, oh, I had this amazing bio. Any podcast host is going to want me. But at the end of the day, you kind of got to sell yourself on these podcasts and sell yourself why they should allow you to speak to their audience that they've built up over a year, two, three, four years. And I think that a lot of people get lost. It's just not necessarily going out there and just thinking that I got this great bio. They should have me on where it's, well, yeah, but you also got to show why that podcast would actually want to have you on besides that great bio. So I think that's, I think it's just a lot of point that I see a lot of entrepreneurs missing when they come to us and that they think at the end of the day, just because they have this amazing bio, it's going to lead to success where it's like, yeah, but it's going to, it's going to take some work. It's not something that you can, a process that's going to be super quick and, and super overnight. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point is that coming into something, a service like yours is coming into it with the expectations of wanting to serve people's audiences with knowledge instead of going into it in with the expectations to get, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get on these podcasts and then I'm going to become, you know, super popular. I'm going to get, 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 get. It's like go in with the expectation to give, 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 give. And ultimately that's when, you know, the law of of cause and effect you give and, and it comes back to you in many other ways. So it's having the right intention when you uh, enter into something like this. Well, Trevor, this has been so much fun. I'm super excited to um, to share you with my audience and I'm going to connect with you outside of this interview as well. I'd love to hear more. Approximately, so just for the audience, like what's cost-wise is this going to be for somebody if they want to work with you on like, let's say a basic level or what are the different levels, I guess? Yeah, so we work off podcast packages. So our first package starts at 3,000 and then it goes up. Middle package is about 4,100 and then the higher end package is 5,000. Basically, on depending on the package, it's just on the 5,000, we book you on more shows, 3,000, we book you on less shows. So it's just basically the quantity of shows differs um, within those packages. Oh, I love that. And then is it a contract over a certain amount of months? Yep. So the way we set it up is we just do monthly payments. So for the smaller end, we do two monthly payments. And then on the larger end, we do three monthly payments. And we find that generally when a client comes to us, they'll have the availability book them on those packages within two to four months. Sometimes if, they, if they're super busy, we'll stretch it out. We've had a client do like a 10 podcast package with us, which is the 3000. And they only want to be booked on one podcast a month. So we just basically <laughs> stretch it over a year. So we, we always have that availability, but usually most clients say, because they're paying, you know, it's a good investment. They want to be booked on the podcast, you know, in that two to more two to four month time frame. Okay. That's awesome. Well, that was, that answered all my questions. So we might as well just put that right in the podcast. I love that. Okay, guys. Well, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, getting into the podcast circuit, or I think if anytime when someone has something that they're launching, that's a great time to get into the podcast circuit, to reach out to someone like Trevor, to really get your message and your mission out there. And especially if you have something amazing that you're launching, that's going to help people. That's a really great time to jump into the podcast circuit. And, and if you're starting a podcast, um, I guess that's also another really good time to get into the podcast circuit, right? Cause you want to oh, always <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? you want inter- to be interviewed by people, but sure. You know, you can do those swaps and it helps build your network and all that kind of good stuff. So reach out to Trevor. I'm certain he will take good care of you. And um, thank you so much for being on here today. This was a lot of fun. Perfect. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it.